0: The following episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast is dedicated to the memory of Dr. Mark Allen Feldman.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guy, your shining beacon of liberty.
2: That's right. Mark is not here. Brian McWilliams is with you today. Some of you will be happy. Some of you will be sad. And speaking of sad, we did have some sad news today, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. But first, let me welcome you to the Lions of Liberty podcast, everybody. This is episode 222. You can find that lionsofliberty.com forward slash 222. So... This is supposed to be a a joyous occasion for the most part. We like to do our uh, Libertarians in Living Rooms drinking liquor shows, and we are going to be doing one of those and are currently drinking. I'm having a, a nice martini myself made with some Kirkland vodka. That's Costco brand for you classy folk out there. But I do have some compatriots with me I'd like to welcome in, coming from Virginia, Mr. Howie Snowden. Howie, what's up?
3: Hey, Brian. Glad to be here and talk about this sort of Libertarian town hall. I'm uh,
2: you gave away the topic. I didn't even say it
3: yet. <laughs> Sorry, man. Who's I've been drinking some uh, America formerly known as Budweiser.
2: And you just you just took my second question. This is absurd.
3: <laughs> All is, right. Well, that's should I just host this <laughs> and do your job for you. or just, what? Just hang
2: up and call back. No, okay, what, OK. Exactly right. Well, now that you spilled the beans, we are going to be talking about the CNN Libertarian Town Hall for what that is worth. And we'll have varying opinions on if that was worth something or not. Uh, let me bring in my, uh, my uh, second guest here. You might know him from the very popular Felony Friday here in the Lions of Liberty podcast, which you get here every Friday. And uh, John
4: Matt, what's happening, buddy? What's up, Brian? Great to be here. Just, just like to say one thing, uh, Howie Snowden and I, tonight we'll be answering questions as a team. So it's a, it's a duo, it's a team effort. So just to ask us a question and one of us will take it. Excellent. I love it. Is one of you sticking your face in a freezer first, Bill Weld style? That'll be
2: Howie. That's that's on Howie. He loves freezing. Yeah, I'm on that. That's about right. And our final guest, you know him, you love him. We didn't think he was going to be here, but we uh, we brought him in for a very special reason today. Mark Claire, the host you love to hate.
0: Hey, Mark. Two minutes into hosting and you're already lying to people. You're telling them I'm not here. And in <laughs> fact, here I am. I also um, said they hated you. I think you're, you're roughly well liked. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm listening, right? <laughs> um yeah i wish i was here for for better circumstances as you guys know i am about to get on a plane but um as you guys know today at least today when we're recording it's going to be airing on monday but we did receive some very sad news at the passing of former libertarian presidential candidate mark allen feldman and um we still don't really have any information about uh what happened there but uh it's very unexpected and very sad so i wanted to come on with you guys and just kind of you know talk about him for a few minutes and uh Give a little, like I said, we at the top of the show, we're dedicating this episode to him because I think uh, I think everybody here agrees. he's really was a passionate guy someone who um I know we might have had some different disagreements with uh, on issues here and there. I, I actually really appreciate the way he took a sort of a nuanced approach to many issues, contrary to, to those of many libertarians. I thought he had a very unique way of approaching things. um, but it, it's very sad to see him go. I think he was someone I was looking forward to being a a voice uh, in the Liberty movement going forward. And, um, you know, the best we can do is, uh, you know, channel his spirit and his passion into uh, our own activism. Well, exactly right.
2: I think you nailed it a little bit here. He was a very unique voice in the Libertarian Party. I mean, let's be very honest in saying that it's hard to find libertarians that are likable. Uh, (laughs) We're some of them, but overall there we do suffer a little bit from that. You know, libertarians looked as a little bit as condescending and know-it-alls and and not necessarily the most fun people to talk to at a cocktail party. But Mark Allen Feldman really was an enjoyable
0: guy. I mean, he was... We a, are so fun at cocktail parties, by the way. <laughs> if anyone hosts a cocktail party, just invite the Lions of Liberty. We are a blast.
2: It's going to be just like the Three Stooges when they're invited and there's, they're knocking over things and people are in the punch bowl. It's going to be fantastic.
0: If Howie comes, make sure you got that freezer ready so
2: he can stick his face in yeah. it. And Mark Allen Feldman, he was our, he was our chef. No, I, I can't. No, he was. I mean, he really... He was a guy that you liked. It was hard not to like him because he had so much exuberance. He had so much just natural feeling for it. And, as Mark said, we did hit him on a couple of a couple of points here and there. We might disagree, but he would come out and he would comment back. He would write in. He was very active in defending his positions or admitting, OK, yeah, you were right. I, you know, I, I could learn something from that. So he was not an intractable man. And and that flexibility was one of his greatest strengths, in my opinion.
0: L- listener of the podcast, by the way, ever since he came on the show, I mean, he commented on multiple episodes. So, I I mean, he was a regular listener of this program. And uh, yeah, like you said, he would come into the forum. He was a member of the private group he would respond to criticisms i mean he's very very engaging and I, I think everybody can agree he's a very like honest person he came across that way and he just came across as somebody who you know and he he, he never voted until he's 50 years old he never he thought politics wasn't something that, that there was a place for him but he found something in the ideas of liberty that inspired him to to get involved and i think that's uh you know and you you kind of touched on it there um the fact that he was so well liked uh that that's was kind of his not a strategy, I think he's, he's honestly a likable guy, but I mean, he th- there's a reason he was nominated, even though he didn't have that much support or chance to win. There's a reason he got into the uh, debate speech at the Libertarian Party convention is because he was basically everyone's second choice. I mean, everybody, nobody disliked him. You never heard a bad thing said about Mark Allen Feldman in, in the entire campaign. Literally, I can't think of one time I heard a bad word said about the guy. Everybody liked him. That's why they respected him enough to give him their tokens, get him on that debate stage. And boy, did he deliver a passionate uh, speech slash rap at that thing. This is his, that libertarian sh- sh- creed was just, it was just amazing. And so inspiring. Which, and we will get that, uh, that will be at
2: the end of the show guys. So stay tuned, stay tuned to the yeah. end of the episode. I know you're dreading it, but stay tuned. Um,
4: and you yeah, know what? Mark, I, I, I just, just want to add, yeah, just yeah, go one, ahead,
2: please.
4: Just add one thing about, uh, Mark Allen Feldman, um, obviously ran a very unique campaign. He didn't want to take contributions, to anything more than $5 um his whole campaign was about giving people a voice that didn't have a voice and as as you talked about his speech at the libertarian convention and this doesn't happen often in politics where when someone is giving a speech that you get goosebumps and i i watched it today several times after i heard of the news of his passing and every time i watched it i i would get literal goosebumps on my arms um just a just an incredibly passionate man and a a, a terrible loss for liberty so just very sad
3: well, that, that I, w- I happens, was super impressed by uh, sure. Brian. I was super impressed by when uh, Johnny, a rocket from the Johnny rocket launch pad, was on talking about the convention. He told the story how uh, Dr. Feldman um, s- saw a guy got hit by a car that was hit and run. He was one of the first to respond and help the guy out. There's also like another drunk dude that was passed out. As soon as uh, Dr. Doc- uh, Mark Feldman got off the stage, he ran right over and assess this guy, try to take care and make sure he's all right. He was just a good dude who was trying to make the world a better place. And it's, it's definitely worse off without him. But glad we got we got to hear him and he was out there spreading the message and he will be missed.
2: Most definitely. And that, you know, Odie talked about the speech and Mark mentioned this. this uh, his speech rap, his reap uh, that will, I think, live on. That'll be something that people look to as an inspiration. And, uh, Odie, I agree. I mean, I also got a little bit of chills from that, too. It's just, it's so inspiring. And that's why you just have to hope that that's something that people will bring up that'll be played at the convention to fire people up, that will be used over and over in, you know, just to win people that in general that are looking to libertarianism are considering and say, look at this guy, this guy, he's kind, he's generous, he's smart, he's funny, he cares. And, and like Mark said, he didn't vote until he's 50. He came out of nowhere I and mean, talk about this guy coming out of left field, Bill Murray style at the U S open. It's just incredible. So, you know, cheers guys, let's, let's raise a glass. And,
0: yeah. And Let I didn't go. mention, I, I am having a beer. I'm about to get on a plane. I'm having the, 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 um, the opposite of or not the opposite, but kind of the uh, the bizarro twin of, of how he's America. I'm drinking actual Budweiser here. So I'm going to toast this one to Mark Allen Feldman.
2: So, yeah, let's let's raise a glass and everybody uh, drinking along with us, please do raise a glass to Mark Allen Feldman. May he rest in peace, but may his memory live on in the spirit of liberty.
3: Here, here.
0: And, and gentlemen, uh, it's been lovely speaking with you. Um, but honestly, uh, with the mood I'm in today after hearing this sad news, I, I got to be honest. I'm kind of glad I don't have to spend the next forty five minutes or so talking about uh, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. So, gentlemen, I appreciate that you're going to stick around and do that. Enjoy. I'm out. All right, Mark. Take You have a good flight.
2: All right, guys. Well, we've lost. Uh, we've lost two now, if we're counting Mark Allen Feldman and Mark. Not that Mark's dead. But let's continue on. And, you know, it's supposed to be lighthearted. This is supposed to be more of a fun show. So let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's start talking about the CNN town hall, which aired on Wednesday. Many of us were talking and and uh, we actually did a forum uh, where well, we have a forum wherein we discussed it live. You can type in and uh, and join along. And we have a free Facebook forum, Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook. Please join. Unless you're a psychopath, we probably will let you in there. And we had a rousing conversation now. Starting off, let's just let's just start at the very beginning. What did you guys think when they, they first took the stage uh, and and came out uh, as the teamster way like they, they often do? Uh, Odie or, or Howie, just go ahead and, and start it up.
4: I, I think I think the thing that jumped out to me at first watching it, um, Gary Johnson was wearing dress shoes. That was honestly the first yeah, thing I noticed. No He's not not wearing not wearing sneakers, so that was the first thing he jumped out. I was like, okay, maybe we'll see a different Gary Johnson tonight. So I was a little bit excited just seeing just seeing his appearance.
3: How about you? I mean, one of the things that stuck out to me about this team thing. I mean, I think you and Mark mentioned this. That it reminds you of the movie Step Brothers. They're interviewing together in tuxedos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. And when one of the questions they asked Weld was. They were saying Mitt Romney likes you. He was saying he wishes you were at the top of the ticket. And he was asking him about the dynamic between the two of them. And Weld's like, well, you know, I, I didn't want to be his his VP. He's like, we're we're uh, equal or like we're like, co whatever. It's it's just crazy to me. Like, he, he said, really, it,
4: I think the direct quote was we're equal partners in this.
3: They're equal partners. It's, it's right. not president, vice president. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's because they're looking at e- it
4: as a business that they're just
2: splitting 50 like, 50 and, and yeah. the, the the ego you make a great point the ego in bill weld is on display like i i don't, I don't want to say he's looking down upon gary but we'll get to like some of his comments like, about the irs later but clearly yeah he feels that he should be the real nominee here i don't think anybody can debate that
3: well like, he what, does
4: let's let's just he talk he about for a minute himself. like how does he understand that they're not equal partners i mean gary johnson is running for president bill weld for vice president there's no, I mean, there's very different duties, very different job descriptions with those two positions. You uh, can't I, just change it and yeah. say we're equal partners. That doesn't. I mean, that that no. sometimes
3: that sometimes gets muddled. The odie like George Bush and Dick Cheney. I mean, uh, Cheney might have been calling a lot of the shots there. <laughs> it's, uh,
2: Maybe I don't know. I think I think Georgie was more devious than we give him credit for. <laughs> Perhaps he, he baited and switched America pretty damn good, man. I don't know. He's like that. He's got that bumpkin thing going on, but but then he pulls it out. You're like, huh? Oh, he's getting a little, little sneaky here.
4: Now he's just painting pictures in Texas. Just painting <laughs> away. I <huh>? saw that.
2: <laughs> I want one of those so bad. Oh my god! Please get us one for the Lions of Liberty Studios, listeners. We're gonna we're gonna put up a GoFundMe account for uh, to get one of George Bush's <laughs> paintings to keep in our keeping our the background.
4: Probably just a couple hundred bucks, right? Can't be more than that. Don't don't Can't be. He's- <laughs>
2: So, guys, you know what? I want to talk about something. Speaking of, uh, of past presidents and, and hopefully not other future presidents, but one of the things that really stuck in my craw was one of the first lines of questioning that the moderator and I can't remember his name, and I'm too lazy to look it up. But Is it modern, Cuomo? Cuomo. Yeah, I think it was Cuomo. Yeah. So he brought up and he said, "You know, wait, give me a, a you know a quick take response, one word response on on some of these things, you know." And he brought up. Obama and Hillary Clinton. Now, for those of you that did not watch the town hall and are relying on our drunken commentary, let me just tell you exactly what happened here. So when they asked Johnson his thoughts on Obama, he replied, good guy, think he's a good guy. Now, either you think that was a little bit odd, Howie. Let's start with Howie. What's your take on Johnson coming out and saying that Obama, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, good guy.
3: That whole first segment, I was infuriated. I mean, we're talking about Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Donald Trump, who they actually did say something negative about. But, I mean, the point is for them to point out how corrupt and awful these people are and why they're different, why they stand out, not like, oh, good guy. Then when they got to Hillary Clinton – and Weld is like, oh, we're lifelong friends. Deep connection. Oh, well, like, hold
1: on.
2: What? I skip too far ahead because I, well, I'll, just, I'll spill all the beans now. That's how he's going to how he's going to run over anyway. So uh, in regards to Clinton. So here's what I, Obama came up. Johnson said, oh, yeah, good guy. And Bill Weld, I believe, said, uh, you know, paraphrasing here, but said, oh, yeah, you know, he, uh, he really he's really come around lately. It's like, OK, really? He's a, he's state, a state, statesman. statesman. They got him yeah. a statesman. Yeah, yeah, he's this, yeah, true statesman. And then in Hillary Clinton johnson that she said that she was a excellent servant of the state and i just yeah. I could not believe that because just like Howie's saying go ahead wonder, wonderful public him. servant a wonderful yeah, public like, servant
3: right are exactly. you kidding? the most corrupt self-serving lying <laughs> yeah. politician ever and it's it's just amazing. You'd think they would want to stand out and be different from the regular options that we have. Right. Exactly. And now like I realize, okay, Gary Johnson just wants to say something nice about everyone, but then they get to Trump and they don't. And out of the three of them, I mean, not that I mean, I don't like Trump at all, but if I was gone to try to say something nice about everyone, at least he shook the system up and he's, you know, tearing down the establishment. And the other two, I I can't believe that. They would have something positive, which is just nonsense about them and – but nothing – I don't know. It's right off off the bat. I had a bad taste in my mouth. I I didn't think they were going to do well, and it was just like, oh, boy, here we go.
2: Well, Odie, look, give me – Odie, what would you have said in regards to either Obama or Hillary Clinton? And also I challenge you to do it in your best Gary Johnson impression.
4: Well, I I don't know if I can do that. Let let, (laughs) let me say first of all I think it's a terrible, stupid waste of time question to even ask – you're asking about like personality traits about these uh, other, you know, the president and the other candidates, or at least that's how they interpreted an answer and answered, saying "good guy," you know, "nice person," "wonderful public servant." Um, I, I think that's that's dumb. I mean, they should have deflected and said, "you yeah, know, well, Barack Obama might be a, f- a great guy, good guy, but his policies are awful," and then go talk about that. You know, use it as a. You know, Gary Johnson kept talking about this wonderful opportunity of being on CNN. This is such a great opportunity. I think during the introduction, he muttered even that when they said, "What, well, Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, welcome? Well, it's just a great opportunity to be here. So that happy is. to be here with you guys." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> and all the rest. There's of my, the my thing Gary thing.
2: impersonation. I know it was fantastic, <laughs> spot on. But yeah, the rest of them it, thinking, "Yeah, it's great for you to be here, wasting this opportunity." Exactly completely throwing it away. I, I was pissed off. He didn't. You know, like I said, you could use this as a perfect springboard. They don't have to come up. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama do not have to come up at any point in the conversation. They're here in the beginning. Great. Use it as a springboard to talk about Obama's gun grab and his executive actions that he's his executive overreach, his wars that he's undertaken under presidential authority. The amount of times he's tried to skirt Congress in every way, shape and form. How about that? Instead of them saying, oh, yeah, he's a yeah, good guy. Good, yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Statesman.
4: He's he a statesman. Great yeah. statesman.
3: The, the more that Bill Weld says, like, positive about Hillary Clinton, how they have such a close bond, it just reminds me they're both uh, CFR members, and it's like I, my distrust for him just grows and grows. It's like he's got to be a neocon like her. He's probably going to be doing the same crony stuff with the same crony people if they they have all the same connections with such admiration. It's just –
2: well, he definitely came across as neocon. And this, I mean, at no time other than when he was, and you know, and the only time I guess is when he's talking about gay rights. That's his big claim to fame for Bill Well, Well, you know what? I supported the gays back when nobody supported the gays. But in every other way, I'm completely neocon, is essentially his positions.
4: Yeah, that's that's what makes him, that's his claim to the mantle of being the original libertarian, that he supported gay rights. And And that's it. That's the only thing he supported. Everything else, he's been a neocon.
3: If you're from Massachusetts, you probably already felt like that. You know, it doesn't matter what party you're from.
2: Um, Right. Well, it's like saying like like Hitler was a patron of the arts, uh, you know, and that's that's, you know, so he was the original patron of the arts, not the original Nazi. You know, it's like, give me a give me a fucking break.
4: Um, okay. I, I saw so, what you did there. You, you flipped the Bill Weld comparison on him. I did. He likes to call Trump Hitler. You flipped it. You I flipped him, it on. I
2: put him yeah. I, I drew a swastika on a mattress. I flipped it right on his red head. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned gun control because I'm going to keep. I'm going to try to keep this show tight, tight. So I mentioned gun control and, you know, they had someone come up. She was she was at the, the Pulse nightclub in on the night of the Orlando shooting, which, of course, is a, a tragedy. No one's going to argue that. And she was talking about, you know, what, what are we going to do about gun rights? And meanwhile, she's a gun owner herself, to which I say kudos. And we talked about it, at least online, uh, posted some several stories about the fact that there is, they call them pink pistols. It's a, a gay gun rights group saying, arm yourselves, you know, which I think is the right thing to do. But what did you guys think about their response on gun control when questioned about what they would do? And let's have Odie start.
4: Well, I mean, I think it was it was good and bad. Um, I, I think it was it was good for you know Gary Johnson to say, first of all, let's just say we're not looking to roll back any gun rights, not looking to add on any more gun control. That was a good thing. I, I wish you would have gone, you know, a step farther and kind of explained the position, explained that, you know human beings, individuals, have a right to defend themselves um and also talk about how people that are the most vulnerable in society, women, Um, gays uh, people with disabilities people that are vulnerable most importantly need to have a right uh, to a gun people that are well i guess getting a different topic i was going to say people that are uh, intellectually challenged mentally disabled should have a right to defend themselves but gary johnson would 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 stray from that probably
2: yeah exactly right because he went down that mentally ill road saying we should keep guns out of the hands of the mentally ill but how do you define that and who defines that is the question
4: exactly exactly and uh i mean obviously the the terrible part of this this whole thing they talked about him and weld both talked about i think gary even said yeah bill weld brought up this uh his plan for this ISIS committee. We, we, we add like a hundred people. We can uh, track down, uh, you know, thousand. domestic ISIS tracking people. So yeah. it'll and, be great. So yeah. we'll just expand government. And
2: Bill Weld did not. I, I thought Bill Weld, after getting criticized by the libertarian community for which for whose party he is vice president, uh, candidate for vice president. Let's not forget that. You would have thought he would have backtracked those comments a little bit. But no, no. Doubled down on him during this debate. Yeah. Thousand strong. Just, yeah, you know, we'll treat him like a mafia family. We'll just go after him. It's like, how is that not the antithesis of, of what libertarian strategy and thought would be on this problem? You just want to assign a thousand more federal agents to a massive force. we've well, already spent billions on. Go ahead. I'll,
3: I'll give him a little bit of credit, though. I mean, the threat in America from ISIS is more like a criminal problem than A war. It's not. They're not really a state with an army. We're not at war. The like small scale attacks that have happened or might happen. You know, it's more is like dealing with the criminal problem. I mean,
2: all right. But that being said, not that we need a
3: thousand thousand more people working on it because we already have God knows how many resources and all the money we're spending on this. But I do. I will just—I don't know. I guess I'm like I'm trying to think of something nice to say. I do agree <laughs> that that this should be treated as, you know, an American homeland soil, as like a criminal problem, kind of.
4: Do you guys honestly believe that ISIS had anything to do with this? I, I mean, I, I think it was a guy that that was gay, that was shunned by the gay community, that was, you know, he, he grew up in a very strict home. His father hated homosexuals. P- probably hated, hated his own son. This, this guy, um, maybe to his face, maybe knew that he was gay and, uh, he, this, this guy lashed out. I think it had it, nothing it to do out, with ISIS. No. I think that was sort of a, an outlet, sort of an escape and an excuse that this psychopath made to do it.
3: Yeah. Odie, his, uh, ex-boyfriend came out and said that that was what was going on was because he felt used by these people that he was, you know, a hundred percent homosexual. And, it was uh, what more like a rejection thing that he didn't fit in the community and he felt used and they didn't accept him and this and that and it it doesn't really sound like he had anything to do with ISIS at all. It's it's just it's, it's you know a, a, it's, a it's just a crazy it's a crazy messed up person mm-hmm. and you yeah know, well happen- and,
2: and if he didn't have the last name if his first name was an Omar and if his last name was not Mateen uh, I'm sure we would not be having this discussion uh, well we've not not in regards to ISIS anyway. Now, one thing I want to go back to this for a second, though, about the you know what Gary said as well. One of the things that really pissed me off is that he said he didn't know why the shooter still had guns after the FBI investigations. Now, the FBI investigated him and they had to stop investigating because they didn't find anything concrete to uh, to keep patrolling, to keep uh, wiretapping, doing whatever, whatever they were doing. And for Gary to be like, I don't know why he still had guns. And we talked about this before in regards to what the Democrats are trying to do. It's a thing called due process. That's exactly. why he still had his guns, Gary. Maybe you should talk about that. Hey, you can't take away people's right to bear arms because you think they might have done something, especially when Gary loves to go on and on about how government lists are bad. He did it in this debate, and he was right in this debate to say government lists are bad. They're error riddled. How many people are on the no fly list that shouldn't be? It's just I mean, to, to say this and to to speak out of both sides of his mouth on it really
3: just drives me up the goddamn wall. Hey, hey one yeah, thing I'd like. Can I point out something about this? Go ahead, uh, go ahead. What people have been calling for, with with the, the no fly, no buy, or whatever, and, and you know, Trump came out and supported this. I guarantee you, a lot of his uh, supporters are like, you know what? Yeah, we got to keep the guns out of the hands of terrorists. But then you know why Hillary Clinton's going to become president, and all you people are going to be put on the list because you're right wing extremists. So now you're terrorists, right? And it's these things are so subjective. Who gets on the list?
2: Yeah, or
3: yeah. or who's mentally stable and who's not mentally stable? These aren't like, it's. It's a slippery slope, as you guys pointed out. But uh, and not to get too libertarian, but I'm glad this he is said a libertarian that. Libertarian
2: podcast. We are I, I, I'm gla- in the living room drinking liquor. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I, I,
3: I'm glad. I'm glad he said he doesn't want any new gun laws. But doesn't anybody think we already have too many? That it's too hard for people to be able to adequately defend themselves. Yeah. Good how point. about roll? How about yeah. rolling something back? That's what I want to hear. I, I, I know. You know that's not going to happen. But come on, this is he is a libertarian candidate, right?
4: Yeah, Howie, I, I think that's a that's a great point. I mean, if uh, if Hillary gets in there, you know, arresting, not arresting the Trump supporters, but taking their, their guns away, putting them on the watch list. But the same thing could happen if if Trump was elected. I mean, imagine, of course, Trump, he could single out Bernie Sanders supporters or really anyone that disagreed with him. He could single out people in the media.
3: I well, mean, well, the Bernie Sanders supporters are pretty violent. They are very violent. <laughs> oh, that is, true. That it is does, true. It does usually come from the left.
2: Yeah
4: that's yeah they throw rocks and we, we actually talked about that in the last uh actually maybe that's coming up on that oh well, i don't know when this is airing but it's on a recent. what year episode. is this
2: <laughs> yeah Too i know many Guys, we'll pull back the curtain we record we record these shows and they before the air dates very often so half the time we have shows coming up and we think we are recording. them so in our minds they're recorded but they're coming up it's we very just record confusing them
4: randomly and hit mix and they just spit out so we don't know <laughs> when they're gonna come out <laughs>
2: Just like a Pez dispenser with podcasts, that's what we like to think about it. Just whenever you whack the head, one of them pops out. Just smack us in the head, guys. We'll make a podcast for you. Uh, where were we? All right, yeah, yeah. No, now Howie, uh, excellent points on that, Anodi. Great points. Agree completely. And I always try to, to make that point to people whenever they talk about different legislations that go after a specific segment of people or a specific ideology, and especially when it comes to free speech too, because. So often you have political, not, not just in politics, but you have an entire cultural, make a complete change in its viewpoint. I mean, look, people forget that slavery for a long time was considered perfectly fine. Perfectly fine segregation perfectly fine it takes law of time. the land law, yeah, of, the land, law right? of the land it takes time <laughs> look it t- look it takes time for people to change their point of view and by attacking it if if these laws if people had been able to stifle free speech back in the days we would still have segregation and we'd still have slater because they would just have gone and made these put these people in jail or stifle their speech anybody who spoke out against these horrible things So no one can say, no, you can't say that. No, you can't do that. Or to your guys point, label somebody as, oh, this person should be on a list because of something they said.
3: What did you guys think about uh, Johnson's thing last night about, hey, that's the law of the land. We're not that we're going to respect that. It's the law of the land. That doesn't mean something's right.
4: No, Wait, what kept, was he talking? What was he talking about? With that? I, um, I think the
3: first time he was saying that it was about abortion. He was saying, you know, access to abortion yeah, is right. the law of the land. We're we're not going to.
2: Correct. That was yeah. Bill Weld was talking about how, yeah, it was the law of the land is that you can get an abortion. He's saying on a federal level, it's legal. Of course, that gets into a whole of the state's rights thing, um, which, of course, from my point of view, we all we, you know, we say, yes, states should have the rights. We agree. But at some fundamental level, um, you know. People should. Have to I, I think I,
3: I. just wish they were more careful with their words because as libertarians, we're upset about so many things that are "quote unquote" the law of the land. That are you know they may be unconstitutional, they may be immoral, but they're currently the law of the land. So, I don't know. Just something about that argument rubbed me wrong. I didn't. Right, I didn't you like can't. It.
2: You can't say well, you can't say it's the law of the land. But it's something that you like, and then ignore something you don't like, or cry, cry foul. Well,
4: the, the, I mean, the way the government's set up. Uh, You you wouldn't want a libertarian candidate just to come in, get elected and then just start, you know, using executive orders just to change things. I mean, they have to follow the law. Really, the laws have to change through Congress. Uh, Right. But but president
3: should should try to influence Congress. They make the proposal. Yeah, absolutely. They they, they twist arms. You know how it works. Like the Game of Thrones kind of. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't well, know i haven't
2: seen it never seen oh, it's too bad i love the game of thrones man all right well we won't talk about it unless there'll be spoilers um all right so let's move on from gun control now why don't we talk a little bit about the health care issue and it was it was i think of a head of the the libertarian party in new york or wherever it was that they were doing this town hall but he had brought up the topic of health care in a very specific and very uh interestingly worded way basically positioning it that the libertarians, you know, he's saying, oh, well, you know, as libertarians, is there is the position to uh, to let somebody that has willingly been able to afford health care and let it go. Should they be helped by society or not? Is it is a libertarian standpoint that they should be basically left to die by society. So. Gary uh, kind of tiptoed around a little bit, and I, I, figured, I feel he kind of missed the mark because he had said that, well, no, you know, well, libertarians, you know, society needs to take care of the people that are that are fall through the cracks and yada, yada, yada. So what did you guys think about that?
3: And follow well, question: um, what do you think he should have said? I, I think what, you know, what, what libertarians believe, it's kind of like a dual mandate. We believe in personal freedom for you to make your own choices for yourself. But the flip side of that is personal responsibility take responsibility for those decisions if you you know decide to do something ridiculous and awful like we you shouldn't be able to force someone else to make up for your mistake and even just uh I, i'm talking kind of morally what's what's right but if you talk if you're a consequentialist like gary johnson and you're just worried about like oh but there's be kind of people who make dumb decisions we can't just let them die right well, you know what? America is one of the most charitable nations in the world. More people in America give to charity than vote. And if we had a liber- more libertarian type government where people aren't being taxed as much, we maybe would have a more prosperous economy, that the amount given to charity and helping people would be even greater. Well, you so, know what?
2: Sorry, let me d- interrupt you just real quick on that note because I believe uh, it was the late, great Mark Allen Feldman's platform that any charitable donations would be removed from your taxes. That was one of his, uh, one of the things he had put out there during the debates. So any that's, an, that's an excellent
3: well, idea. I remember he, he put that on, on, on uh, the lion's Liberty podcast, I believe.
2: Yeah. So and that was could, one of the things. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, it, yeah, keep going. I'm sorry.
3: And it, but it, I mean, in those instances, most people are going to use common sense like, hey, I might get sick. I might get hurt. I probably use some insurance, at least the bare minimum catastrophic insurance, which is probably all a lot of people need. But for those, you know, the folks that don't. They should people should not be forced to fix their screw up.
2: Well, that's the thing, It's it, the coercive aspect of government that gets involved in that, yeah, before, it, yeah, exactly, being forced to do it. Otherwise, okay, you don't want to pay for this uh, this health care that everybody's got to pay. If you don't want to pay for, blah blah blah, okay, you go to jail.
3: I mean, Odie, we all think? we all make mistakes, but we've got family, friends, churches, and there's so much charitable giving and caring in America. It's it's amazing. I'm very proud of that aspect of of this nation, and you know, I think. I don't think we need the mandate. I don't think we need national health care. I don't it's a mess. The prices are skyrocketing. We'd be so much better off. Everyone would be better off if the government just got out of the health care business entirely.
4: I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I think that Gary Johnson's answer uh, was actually pretty decent. Um, but like you talked about how he, 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 you know, I think he talked about his own personal insurance premiums have like quadrupled or something crazy like that since Obamacare. And then he started talking about a little about the uh, insurance really is not made to be like just to go to a doctor. You need insurance. It should be like if you get in serious trouble, get seriously hurt, then oh, I need my insurance to pay for that. And that's that's what insurance meant to be. And I think he did a decent job explaining that. And he also that's where
3: I disagree. I I think they were very good points, and I think he was right, but he was. Very inarticulate and just rambling and like jumping from one thing to the next. Well, I I think my bar
4: for Gary Johnson is so low. Like when I say decent job, I mean he said something vaguely about it. So I'm not. I'm just
3: saying I think he had a couple good points, but the way he presents himself and speaks, I don't think anyone would catch it. It's. Well, do you think I, he came
2: across, I thought he came across as exceptionally weak and honestly looked really stupid when he, he said, well, you know, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll see. I'll let the I'll let the uh, the Congress. I'll let the GOP uh, take a shot at Obamacare and see what they do with
4: it. Well, you know, I mean, yes and no. I, I think this is where, where the problem is, his vagueness, because I, I do I, I see where he's coming from. I mean, you're not just going to say, yeah, I'll repeal Obamacare. Let's repeal it. Because the Republicans could put something in front of you that repeals it and put that's something in place that's worse. Is worse. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're not just going to say, oh, repeal it, whatever, let's replace it.
3: You guys I'm, are missing so- the point, though, that the Congress does that. But the president usually will put together a plan and present it to Congress for their consideration. He should have something in mind. No, shouldn't just be is, like. That
2: well. is the point, exactly. No, That's the point is that on uh, so many topics during this during this town hall, I keep on calling it a debate, and i keep keeping a check myself mentally. During this town hall, he comes across without a plan. Like for example, the question about taxes, he talked about the fair tax. Okay, fine, fair tax. But then when he was pushed by the moderator about the specifics of it, he was like, "Oh, I don't know. You know let's let's not uh, let's let's not get into the and uh, the weeds on it, you know." And uh, it's like. Yeah, you just look you look like you don't know what you're talking about and you don't have the personality and the bluster of a Donald Trump where you can brush that off and look like I don't need to talk about it because I know it. He just looked like he didn't want to talk about it because he
3: didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Can you imagine if it wasn't Cuomo asking these questions and he was in a debate with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? He would, he would, have, been evis- he would have been eviscerated. No, I think exactly. the worst thing that could happen for the Libertarian Party is for him to actually get into base. I think that will hurt us more than anything. Did, Wait, he's pulling picture? it about like 9% now. But the more people that hear him and how ridiculous he is, it's it's just going to go down.
4: I just have this image of Gary Johnson on stage. For some reason, the image is he's between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And it's just Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump just pointing at Gary Johnson laughing.
3: Look at this guy's hair. Look at his <laughs> hair. Look at, you take him seriously with that? He, I mean, he, he does have ridiculous haircut and It's something like else bloaty. not – it's not the that this, worst
4: haircut I've ever seen. I'm not, not even kidding. Not that this matters at all. I don't
3: know. Seen. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I really hate uh, Weld's taste in ties. He wears awful ties. They're just
2: very, they're like the epitome of like what you, what a costume designer would put on a senator in a movie, like a bad movie. That's what- I feel like it's like really
3: what, what they put on like- uh, like a Muppet or Sesame Street person is right, pretending like to be a fucking <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's
2: Bill, <laughs> Maybe that'll be a Photoshop. <laughs> Do you guys there, think, I mean, uh, there, you guys think Gary so, Johnson will so bring Bill Weld with him
4: on stage hold on, hold on, for on, uh,
2: the
4: Trump Hillary debate? Odie,
2: Odie, say that again. Sorry.
4: <laughs> Do you guys think that Gary Johnson will bring Bill Weld with him on stage for the uh, presidential debates if he gets there?
2: You know what I hope? I hope he'll be under the podium. He's at. Like the prostitute from Police Academy. <laughs> Does anybody? Hopefully, I don't know if our listeners old enough. Oh to get yeah, back. of course I know. I love that movie. <laughs> but Fantastic. there's a there's a great scene where the commissioner is out on stage giving a speech, and Mahoney hires a prostitute to be under the podium, uh, giving him a the old the old heave ho. So hopefully, Bill Weld will be under that podium giving Gary Johnson the old heave he ho.
3: You know what? Gary Johnson is way more libertarian than Bill Weld. but Bill Weld presents himself so much better and so much more articulate. I like I almost kind of wish that. Uh,
2: Bill Weld, wasn't Weld was.
3: I mean, the Weld was the presidential candidate. I mean, knowing that neither of them will be president, but just uh, if we could te- keep him to the libertarian talking points, he would get him across much better. Well,
2: you know, what? Like, I mean, that's an interesting point, because at this point, look, Bill Weld's out there for every damn interview anyway. So, I mean, I guess maybe if you flip-flopped them it would be a better result. We wouldn't look so stupid out there.
3: Yeah, it's just – I don't know. I'm just so embarrassed. I mean it's – I know we agree with Gary Johnson on so many policy issues, but his fundamental philosophy is just flawed and – well, what about he,
2: Bill Weld saying that? Did you guys catch this? He said something and I can't remember what the context of it was, but he said he said something about like, well, the United States should definitely deny South Korea and Japan nuclear nuclear weapons. You know, do you, do you remember hearing that?
3: Uh, yeah, I. Where I mean, where do we get off? We're not the policeman of the world. We're not. Who says we can have nuclear weapons and no one else can? And I mean. I don't know. That, that does, was does, just does.
4: that was just a little bit. It was a little bit after Gary Johnson. <laughs> and I think Bill Walt even chimed in and they were talking about, yeah, libertarians. We believe in non-intervention. You know, we want to have a strong military defense. but We don't want to intervene and tell other countries how to run their business. And then like a couple questions later. Yeah, we can't let them have nukes. Those crazy <laughs> little countries. Why would you yeah. let them have nukes? They might kill somebody. Record
3: and it's like it's shit. it's also like two of our best allies, too. And it's
4: like we're not going we're
3: not going to do anything about North Korea having nukes or Pakistan, but not South Korea and Japan.
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs> the libertarian philosophy has always been whatever. If you can have whatever you want, if I can have it, you can have it. You have the same right to defend yourself as I do. But, you know, if you attack us, we will defend ourselves with the full arsenal at our capabilities. So, yeah, that just drove me nuts. And then while we're just talking about Bill Weld and his crazy positions, the the ridiculousness of when they were asked about the tax issue and Gary Johnson saying, well, you know, we'd like to to rewrite the tax code and simplify the tax code. And, you know, we don't need the IRS. We can get rid of them. And then Bill Weld within four seconds then says, no, no, we need to keep the IRS. It's
3: like, yeah, that's, are you kidding me right now? That's kind of like a- – he, he was out of line right there. You don't do that to your, uh, no. if you're, if you're the VP candidate,
2: hey, you throw him right under the bus and just made, he made Johnson look stupid and he lo- made himself look stupid by to not me, going along with them. It's like, are you debating me, your own partner right now? Are you, are you debating your own teammate on stage in front of America at this town hall?
3: I don't think Weld is running as VP for Gary Johnson or for any of this. He's doing something for himself and uh, he's making that clear.
4: Well, that, that's that's an interesting point because I can't figure out what the hell Buildwell's motivation is. I mean, getting his name out there, sure, maybe he's going to write a book, make some money, do some speaking. But I mean, aside from that, I guess you can make some decent money just from doing that. But what, what's what's in it for him? Why is he pretending to be a libertarian? I, I really don't understand it at all. I, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Why is he pretending to be a libertarian?
2: I, I don't. I it, it seems like if you look at his positions not enough really overlaps like how did he did he magically woo Gary Johnson did he put a belly dancing ring in and, and hypnotize him to get this to get him on board like and Gary Johnson was admin he was the guy that wanted Bill Weld he's not doing it without Bill Weld it's like why for what reason in the cosmos he's not libertarian in any way.
4: Apparently, oh, so it's to get Hillary Clinton elected because they've just been <laughs> fellashing her ego, her ego on stage. For
3: do, know, do you think the that? Plant. Do you think that Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, and Donald Trump are all trying to get Hillary Clinton elected? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Does she have them all? Tune in next her time, <laughs> children. Uh,
2: next, same bad time, same bad channel for the stunning conclusion.
3: <laughs> next on the Alex Jones Show. <laughs> hey. I was kind of waiting until it got brought up. But one of the worst things about that town hall last night, I thought was the answer to the question from that woman about drugs.
2: Perfect. Howie, Thank you. Exactly right. That was going to be the next thing I talked about. Um, So let's just let's talk about it. Do you do you remember it well enough that you can describe Uh, it to our listening populace?
3: Sure. There was a woman in the crowd who got up and she she told a story about her. Her son had gone out when he was a teenager and he did a line of heroin and he uh, said it didn't end well for him. He ended up aspirating, he had brain damage. Now he 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 can barely speak, he has to be fed through like a feeding tube in his stomach. If he can speak a little bit, he goes out and they go to things and he tells people not to do drugs. And she said to to Gary Johnson, she said, so tell me governor. You, someone who's advocated from legalizing all drugs from marijuana straight through to heroin, how is that a model for harm reduction? And he blew it. Yeah, This should be the easiest question a libertarian could possibly be asked. First of all, the way she asked it, how is this a model for harm reduction? OK, first of all, if you're not buying it off the street and you're getting into pharmacy – you know that it's actually the drug you're buying. You know that it's actually the quantity that it's supposed to be, which a lot of these uh, overdoses come from. Um, and no, he,
2: did, he did too. His credit, he did talk about that a little bit. He did talk about the. Quantity, oh, he, he talked about
3: having government-run programs. I guess we pay for through our taxes, where we have these little centers where people could come in with their street drugs that are probably not great, get them tested, make sure they're real, and they could shoot up there. I, I don't. I don't like that communist fix for this. I, I'd prefer the uh, the free market. You actually get it from a pharmacy. And I mean, it's where, where Do you get the right anyways to lock someone up in a jail for doing something that doesn't harm anyone but besides possibly themselves? It's That should be one of the most libertarian things. Do you own your body and your mind or do you not? Can you not do it your own body and with your own mind, what you want? We're going to put people in jail for this. And I mean, the the whole thing just talking about, I mean, I agree with David Johnson. I like the fact they want to treat it as a health issue and not a criminal issue. Well, that's great. And another thing about him saying he doesn't want to legalize anything else besides marijuana. But what about a boga or ibogaine, which has an 80 percent success rate for treatment of heroin addicts? I've brought this up on many podcasts because I hope anyone that has this problem hears it could go and seek help. It's it's a drug that it stops withdrawals immediately. And it's it's a heavy psychoactive drug. It's a it's a pretty rough, intense experience. But at the end of it, 80 percent of people are able to kick their opioid drug addictions. Well, it's let's illegal. Not forget, and de-
2: let's not forget something, too, that's important that people people forget this in the shuffle. And he, and I, I think you should have brought this up as well, is that. People refer to the heroin epidemic. Now, this woman lost her child or didn't lose him, but essentially lost her child. Now, that's horrible. Okay, fine. It's too bad that happened. As we know, that's something that that could be cured with knowing what you're doing, knowing what you're snorting. But also at the height, the heroin, quote unquote, epidemic is at its height right now. And it's still something like the deaths a year, 3000. I mean, it's honestly I hate to say it. I don't want to say in callous, but it's negligible. So what's this?
3: What's the deaths a year from alcohol then?
2: Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh <laughs> 10 times that it, easily. That's something that from, it's such a small from ci- of people from cigarettes. doing these drugs. Yeah. yeah. From cigarettes, from everything. Just it, there's it's so tiny and it's we're making such a big thing, spending so much money and putting so many people in prison for this thing yeah. that affects so few people. And also it, it drives me insane that Gary Johnson didn't bring up the fact that that other countries have decriminalized all of these drugs. Portugal had a horrible drug problem, not I shouldn't say drug problem. They had drug violence, they had they were fighting a drug war, spending billions and billions of dollars and they said, "You know what? We're going to try something different. We're going to decriminalize all of it." And you know what happened? Usage rates went down every single year. Deaths went down every single year. And the government didn't have to spend billions of dollars and incarcerate, you know, half their population for it.
3: We've spent billions of dollars on the war in drugs. For no result. And this ties into the whole gun control thing when everyone's talking about we have all these mass shootings all the time. What if They're classifying that as a shooting that kills more than one person. It's, a lot yeah, of that is like – a lot of this is gang warfare, like drug violence, things like that because of the black market and legal drug trade. If <laughs> if we legalize drugs and got rid of the black market, we're solving our gun problem at the same time.
4: Odie, oh, you have anything to add this? Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was, I mean, really interesting. Gary Johnson obviously should have had a lot of time to prepare to prepare for a question like this. Obviously, everyone knows that Gary Johnson smoked weed, likes to get high, and he's, you know, he's, he seems like he says every time he's asked about it, he quit smoking six weeks ago. That never changes to seven, eight, nine, ten weeks ago. But whatever, we want to talk about that now. But he he didn't he didn't formulate a, a free market solution to it. All he does is, as you guys talked about, he references Switzerland, Vancouver. He doesn't talk about bringing these drugs just out in the open naturally and letting the free market take care of it. Uh, people that have, you know, you know people if, if you're getting heroin at a, at a pharmacy, if you're getting heroin prescribed to you from your doctor, your doctor not going to kill you. Right. Your doctor has no interest in killing you. Your doctor would get sued if they killed you. So, I mean, th- there's no incentive to have this stuff in the back alleys of society. And finally, it was Bill Weld that that did reference. We got to bring this out of the back alleys. I don't know if he actually believe you know believes that or what if he's just going along with Gary Johnson. but it, it, it I think another aspect of this that's interesting is of course, they brought up a very emotionally charged um, individual, a, a mother who pretty much lost her son for all intents and purposes and is is asking it from from that angle. And it, it's, it's hard to it's hard to reason with someone on that emotional level. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I hate think questions they, like that they, for the exact reason.
2: It's just I mean, they, it's I, like a trap question. You look like they, an insensitive jerk if you try to answer it honestly. And it's just I
3: it's it's not a trap, though, because when you answer it honestly, you explain how less people will be hurt if things well, were the other I, way. i
2: saying for <laughs> For the, uh, for the general American, though, it, it will come across as cows. But I agree with you. You need to explain it and make it make sense and why this is a benefit rather than a drawback of doing these things and how it will help everybody to to cause less debt.
3: One, th- one thing that I think needs to be pointed out here is that I don't think it's that Gary Johnson has a not very libertarian position on this because he said different things in the past. He's watering it down and changing his message to be more acceptable. He doesn't believe that.
4: They called him and, out on it, too. And it, that's it, when she, she called him out on it.
3: People like Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump, this election cycle, people like them because they believe what they say. And like that, that goes back to the whole Ron Paul thing. He was genuine. He said how it was. And people respected that. And even if you disagreed with him, the truth has a certain ring to it. And you just can't get it out of your head and it sits with you. And it's.
2: Yeah, I Ron mean, Paul was amazing in that it, regard. And libert- how about? Oh God,
3: libertarian shouldn't be bullshitters. We should say it how it is, and that's people want to hear it. People want the truth. They're sick of the lying politicians. They're sick of the lies. He would be so much better served if you just embrace. I, I mean, I think. From what he said in the past, he apparently is more libertarian than he was trying to portray himself on this town hall. And he should just be him. He's, a matter of fact, he should not stop smoking weed because he's doing this. He, he's done amazing things in the past while smoking weed. He probably did worse at the town hall because he wasn't smoking weed. Yeah.
2: Well, you know what? If Honestly, if we wanted somebody that was going to walk the line between libertarian and conservative, as Bill Weld and Johnson have done, honestly, I would have rather had Rand Paul up there. Because Rand oh, Paul, hell yeah. else, he actually, when you look back, it's funny because, you know, we did a whole show dedicated to him and we ripped him accordingly. But we also gave him credit. Rand was very good in debates towards the end. And he could really talk about a lot of these positions. Like, let's talk about what a couple of things to wrap it up. One of the things I want to talk about is Syria. And unintended consequences, where that's one where Rand, my God, they asked they asked Gary Johnson a question about military spending and how to bounce the budget and how and foreign policy. And Rand would have destroyed that question, talking about how we need to bring the troops home, we need to rein in, well, maybe maybe not, <laughs> but my, my point being, Rand can talk about unintended consequences and blowback and the and the ill effects of us going and, and getting involved in places like Syria and really be passionate about it to the point where you say, OK, that makes sense. I believe this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Rand at no point came across as stupid. And that's where you look at Gary Johnson. Now you go, my God, what I wouldn't give to swap him. Not that Rand's perfect. Oh, but yeah. oh, Give me that button, man.
3: Even if if Rand were the Republican candidate right now, I would definitely be supporting Rand, not Johnson.
2: And I think, oh, no oh, doubt, yeah. Odie. I was no. just say, I was just saying, I say, Odie, do you think Republicans uh, at this point or Libertarians at this point, if Rand got the nomination, would just say, "Oh my god!" Even if they were, even if they were presented a Libertarian Party ticket like this, would they flock to Rand?
4: Yeah, of course. I, I don't think Gary Johnson would get any support. He would, he'll be done if, if Rand somehow stole the, the nomination from Trump or something like that. Gary Johnson would be done. He'll get 0.1 percent, something like stupid like that. A boy can dream.
3: I, is it just me? I don't see how any of the people – how I don't see how Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, or Gary Johnson are going to be able to become the president. Like I feel like Hillary is going to get arrested. She's going to be indicted. I feel like the Republicans are going to screw Trump out of this somehow, and just Gary is this – no one's going to vote for him. I don't see how any of them are going to win this election. I really don't know what's going to happen.
4: Neither do I. I'm struggling with the same thing. But (laughs) honestly, as sick as it makes me to say it, I I really think Trump's going to lock it up somehow. He might. You know what I find
2: fascinating is that we have three parties. We have a three-party race for the first time in forever, and none of the candidates that are leading their parties actually represent what their parties believe in.
4: Yeah, none of that. that's democracy baby
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: seriously
2: think about it hillary clinton is a warmongering neocon who uh who has gone against gays and against civil rights and against you know against the drugs She's, so that's who the Democrats have. They're they're trotting out there. Then you have Donald Trump, who, who doesn't jive with half of the Republican views. And then you've got us with Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, who, of course, go against with their neocon views, go against half of what we believe in. I mean, good hey, God. At,
3: at least the Green Party picks someone who actually espouses their beliefs.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Jill Stein, 68 percent on my I side with, although Gary was 95 percent. Of course, that's what he used to believe, not what he's saying now in town halls. Oh,
3: who, who even knows what he believes? Yeah. I side
4: with this stupid. I'm just going to say it. I think it it's is. a waste yeah. of time. It's a, it's, yeah. it's dumb. I know
3: that website.
4: Well, you know what? Let's, let's try to wrap this up a little bit, guys. Let, well,
2: I've, I've obviously bogarted a lot of the topics as a host. Let me ask either of you want to bring up one other topic real quick. That we talk about for a minute or two from the town hall. Odie, uh, go ahead. Start us off. If you have anything,
4: yeah, let's, top let's just mind. talk about TPP free trade for a minute. Um, very disappointing. Obviously, you know, b- before this town hall, Bill Weld came out saying that I'm with the administration on this. Obviously, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm with he the loves administration. With the
2: administration. God damn, it's
4: annoying. And he and he even referenced it. And he said, "Yeah, I remember, you know, working with Newt Gingrich and Bill Clinton, counting votes for NAFTA." Blah blah blah. I'm such a neocon. I love it. I love it so much. Loves, loves the TPP. And then Gary Johnson <laughs> during the town hall jumped right in bed with, with Bill Weld and said he also supports the TPP. But Gary Johnson's stance is even worse because he says he's in favor of free trade. We don't need these agreements. We just need free trade, but I'm in favor of the TPP right. because and he, it's- And he rails against crony capitalism.
2: And yeah. the TPP is just, that's all it is. It's literally, it's 150 pages of crony capitalism.
4: It's Yeah, it's literally 100% crony capitalism. That's all it is. That is it. Ah, oh, anyway, it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's it's terrible. <laughs> Howie, what about you?
3: You know, I, I can't really think about anything else from the town hall. I want to bring out, but folks Medi- know tonight's t- you,
2: you medical questions. T-
3: tonight is uh, tonight is uh, June twenty third. With the, the results for the Brexit vote are coming in. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about that at all?
2: No, we don't have the time, man. That's a, that's for another <laughs> podcast. It is a fascinating topic, though, and it looks like the it looks like Great Britain might actually leave. Uh, it's, in Union, which is fascinating. But I don't know, man. I, I We can't talk about it now. There is no time to do such a thing.
4: But... Howie, I, I got a question I, for I, you. I guess, what's oh. what's your view on the consumption tax? Gary Johnson, a favor of the consumption tax. What do you think?
3: Um, I think it's probably better than... Well, it's definitely better than the system we've got going right now. But it do, it definitely doesn't work out as neat numbers-wise as he says. It's not... <laughs> As Cuomo called him out on, he's like, "Well, you know, we got to do a little adjusting here. And it's not set in stone. Like, yeah, you can't." He makes it sound simple, like we get rid of income tax, corporate tax, this and that. Add the consumption tax at whatever it was twenty some percent, and it all balances out. Everything's it doesn't. Um, we it would probably be a good idea to do something like that, and you know, along with some spending cuts, and it. I don't know. I, like, I feel like
2: too. Rand Paul's tax plan, 14.5% across the board, done. Yeah, I
3: like it. That, that's better. That's better. Everything
2: done, because the consumption tax does impact the the lower classes more as far as their tax rate, but still. Yeah.
4: Uh, that's uh, what I that's, really don't like about the consumption tax is it raises taxes on about half of American citizens who right. right now pay no taxes, and actually a lot of them get some money back, which they probably shouldn't be. They're taking money from you know, no, redistribution Well Yeah,
2: They should not be spending more money uh, accordingly.
4: But the poorest people in this country are getting are, are already getting crushed by the Federal Reserve. Then you're gonna put a consumption tax on top of that. It's really, really not fair. And I don't think it's very libertarian at all.
3: Agree. Hey, well, actually one thing I'd like to say before we wrap this up. I mean, one thing I do agree with, you know, these candidates on is their support for gay rights. And if we do have any gay listeners that, you know, support these guys, can someone please get them decent haircuts and decent ties and Make sure Gary's you wearing use, real shoes. If all your time. Eye for
2: the street guy existed, <laughs> Gary Johnson needs to be on it. Can we bring it back for one special episode? Yes, for Gary please. Johnson,
4: please. And Bill Weld, both of them, get them Help the party
3: out. out. Get get these guys put together. We, we can't have this. Right.
4: Somebody <laughs> one, mail Gary Johnson a comb for the love of God.
2: <laughs> one quick question, and we'll we'll wrap on this. Uh, give a a very short answer, guys. Ten seconds. If you are an undecided voter, or if you are a disenfranchised Bernie or, uh, or you know, a GOP supporter and you're looking for a third party option, did Gary and Bill win you over tonight?
4: I guess I'll take that first. Um, so actually, I am undecided right now because I, I was not committed to voting libertarian going into this. I am a registered libertarian, I'm a dues paying libertarian recently, but. I would say watching this town hall, Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, their performance, I am farther from voting for the Libertarian Party in this election, which is sad to say. I, w- I will vote for down-ticket Libertarians. Not going to affect that. I love a lot of down-ticket Libertarians. Um, but, yeah, I-, I can't say that I'm going to vote for uh, for Bill and Gary. And they got to change a lot to get my vote.
3: Howie? <sighs> Johnson and Weld. um, They don't make me want to vote for them. They're obviously leagues better than Trump or Clinton, but if I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote for someone. So I'm going to be looking at the uh, down ticket things. Um, We've got a libertarian running for Congress in my district, but I'm not excited about him either. He used to work for McCain. He supported a lot of neocons. I'm suspect of that. And if I go to the polling place, I vote for Johnson. But if there's not anyone on this ticket I want to vote for for the first time in my life, I might just stay home and not vote for anybody.
2: All right. Well, I uh, I also agree that I am farther from the Libertarian Party than I've been after watching last night's performance. I was wholly uninspired. I cannot think that anybody watching that would have said to themselves, wow, these guys really present a inspiring vision for America that I have to be a part of. And that's really a thing that bothers me quite a bit, is that you just, you watch them. And even if even if their points were good, they are so uninspiring that you would not want to back them either way. So that was, uh, yeah, incredibly disappointing. Hopefully they get another shot to make it better. So we're letting you a little bit of a down note, guys. But tell you what, why don't you all join me? We'll go out on a high note. Join me in saying... That we want everybody to live long and, <laughs> and live free. <laughs> Take right. us out,
1: Mark Allen Feldman. Some may ask Feldman, is he that libertarian? I am that libertarian. I'm that be what you want to be libertarian, that you look good on TV libertarian, that Muslim libertarian, that Jew libertarian, that Christian atheist Hindu libertarian, that Rothbard libertarian, that Jefferson libertarian, you know I'm not messing libertarian. That LGBTQ libertarian, no sex libertarian. That MLK Jr., Malcolm X, libertarian. That revolutionary Honor Hall, Ron Paul, libertarian. That that Richard Winger, Bill Redpath, ballot access libertarian. That Daryl W. Perry, no apologies, anarchist libertarian. That Gary Johnson, New Mexico, success libertarian. That Austin Peterson, freedom ninja in your face, Libertarian! That John McAfee, world-class, badass Libertarian! That no pain, no gain, get those petitions signed in the rain, Libertarian! That sorry, I'm not sorry, Libertarian! that can't stand the uh, infringements and abuses, Libertarian, that right here, right now, no excuses, Libertarian. I'm that Libertarian.